What's up, After Buzzers? We are back here with our Facebook Watch show, Queen America. We have so much to talk about. Vicky drinks too much wine and tap dances. She doesn't get asked by the hot doctor out. And she screams a lot, as per usual. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Such a classic to start off with, honestly. And what a great, great song choice by our lovely, lovely guest, Megan. How are you today? Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We're so excited. We're so excited to have you. Uh, we have so much to talk about, as I mentioned at the top. Uh, we're talking about all things Vicky. We also have Sam, who's on her journey and, you know, doing her some public speaking. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the show, uh, Taylor has some really, really cool news and trivia for us. Yes. How are you doing, Taylor Gates? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. They just get better and better every week. I feel like, honestly. They yeah. really do. If it's your first time tuning in, uh, I'm Joy Vivera. I'm your host. And as I mentioned, we got Megan and we got Taylor. And we have a great, great show ahead of you for us tonight. <laughs> um, so I want to open it up just generally. Like, what? how did this project come together, Megan? And how do we have it now today in, our, in front of our eyes? Um, God, it was... It feels like a long road. I So I'd worked with Bruna Papandrea before on a pilot that I wrote for ABC. And when we were on set for that pilot that did not go to series, uh, I was like, I have this idea for a show about a pageant coach. And she was like, if this doesn't go, we're going to make that. So it didn't go. And we were like, let's make the other show. Um, and thank God we did because it's like my favorite thing ever. But I grew up in Tulsa. And there were a lot of pageant girls there. Uh, I was like a child performer. I didn't do pageants, but I did a lot of like singing and dancing and all that. So I just was kind of fascinated by it. Um, yeah. I ended up interviewing a lot of pageant girls. A girl that I grew up with was Miss Oklahoma oh, wow. uh, four years ago. And so I sat, I took her to lunch and I was like, tell me everything. And it was crazy some of the stuff like I can't put it all in the show but um it was it was crazy some of the stuff that happened so awesome well I mean this episode episode six was a crazy episode Taylor what were your overall thoughts about it I mean I loved it we got more um Vicky and Bella interaction which I just like love that relationship so much so those were some obviously my favorite scenes and then we had Sam finally finding her voice at drunk karaoke which she needed a night like that. You know what I mean? She needed to just kind of let loose and show everyone what she's made of. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I love that too. I think that was my favorite part, just her drinking and just having a good old time. And she has such an amazing voice. And I was really happy that we got to see it more. And I really hope that we're going to see more of that moving forward. Um, I also enjoyed the storyline where she's just doing her first public appearance and she's speaking to sick kids <laughs> and it was, can you tell us a little bit about like, what was the message behind that, that whole scene? Well, one of the girls that I interviewed who was a pageant girl told me that you get paid for every speaking engagement. Um, and I thought there was something so ironic about that, that you're going and spreading these messages of goodwill and about your platform, but then you're getting a check for it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought what? A funnier, darker place for that to happen than with all these sick kids. Yeah, honestly, who, it's like you should be doing that for free. Um, and I think Samantha's reaction to it kind of says it all. She's like, "I'm getting paid for this." Um, and then obviously, we just thought it'd be so funny to have Miss Texas 
totally overshadow her with her Being juvenile the perfect diabetes amount of sick yeah i love that line so much i thought it was hilarious yeah, yeah i was like not too much but the just perfect enough, amount. the perfect yeah. amount and it was really funny she just goes up there and she was like i almost lost my toe and I was like, <laughs> wow struggle i guess is real um i also really enjoyed how you guys did that uh, the best scenes for me are always the ones where you know enough is said and you kind of just see it happening without necessarily too much dialogue and vicky is just you know walking and she's like oh things couldn't get worse couldn't get any worse because uh, samantha is apparently healthy and you have this poor little sick kid who's just in front of her and they just stop for a second i was like damn it's crazy how you know she's wrapped into this whole world and there's you know big picture mentality is not really really there um but through this hospital scene we also got introduced to ben what were your thoughts about ben and taylor that went in such a different direction than i thought it was gonna go which i really appreciated because i was like I don't know, I was, like, a little skeptical about having, like, three love interests. I'm like, that seems, like, maybe Messy. a little I love much. calling him Ben, because I've called him Hot Doctor Hot for, like, doctor. months now. <laughs> so it's like, I was like, who's Ben? I'm like, oh, yeah, Hot Doctor. Hot <laughs> Doctor. Yeah. But I, I knew that it was, like, a little bit too, like, perfect to be true, especially when she was like, you know, just say it. Like, I think we're both thinking it. And then he, it's like... It's just, like, more salt in the wound when it's, like, Sam, uh, like, compared to anyone else. The fact that he wants to date Sam was just, ouch, like, that's, yeah. that's a punch in the gut. But I love that she just completely lied at the end and was like, that was so unprofessional. <laughs> it's like, that's classic Vicky behavior yeah, right there. we've all been there. We've all been there. It was fun auditioning that role. Just, like, so many beautiful men. There you go. For the doctor. Um, what stuck with this one? Why were you like, oh, you're you're our Ben, our hot doctor? He was just, he did such a great job. It's really hard to come onto a set where everyone knows each other and just have one day of work. And he was, and also against Catherine, Mm -hmm. who's like a legend. Mm -hmm. And he just um, had a lot of confidence. And he also was not like creepy or smarmy in his Mm -hmm. flirtiness, which we needed. Um, Yeah, he was just great. What was the audition process for the other characters like? Like, how did you find your leads for this? Um, Belle... Who plays Samantha was the biggest search mm-hmm. because we knew we wanted someone who was, you know, not uh, kind of an unknown who was not a, a star mm. uh, because we needed to. If you have a celebrity in that role, it's hard to think of her as the underdog. Yeah. Um. So we saw so many girls. I mean, in New York, L.A., Atlanta, and Belle was in one of the last rounds, and she just blew everyone away. And she did she never sang before this project. And so on the day of her audition, we were, she hadn't gotten the memo that you have to prepare a song. And so we're like, Oh, do you have a song? And she was like, what? And we're like, it's okay. You can go out in the hallway and, and like, think of something. And she's like, no, I'll just do one now. And then it was amazing. And we're like, Oh my God, she's so great. Um, but she, yeah, she just blew us away. Um, the other characters, you know, it was, it was pretty typical. It was the normal way to, casting office in LA and New York and we saw a lot of people so that's awesome awesome. it was fun and seeing you know from that process to now seeing characters like Samantha uh on screen what I mean is there growth that you've seen and like how they've really taken these characters and like make them come to life oh yeah you see stuff and you're like wow I didn't realize that moment was going to be so funny or I didn't realize that moment was going to be so heartbreaking and Belle especially I mean everyone is so great but um she had so much work to do as Samantha that's a it's a huge role and we made her sing and learn dances and we just tortured her um and yeah she had so many moments where I 
there's some things coming up in the season, which I can't tell you about, but mm-hmm. I was so surprised that I was like, I'm going to cry oh. watching this scene. Um, and then with Catherine, she really brought a, a childlike quality mm. to the character, which I wasn't expecting, um, which is so beautiful and surprising. And you kind of see that like little stunted 14-year-old in her who throws a tantrum. And then it's very hard to embody that and then also this fierce mm. badass boss woman at the same time and Catherine is just so brilliant in that way so yeah they yeah. all bring so much depth to them like mm-hmm. no one is one dimensional in the show like even the smallest characters like I feel like have so many layers to them which is amazing yeah for sure and I feel like we're not even we're episode six already and we're I feel like there's so much more to discover mm-hmm. um specifically well so we open the show up with her in bed with her ex-man and she's just staring at him um uh, and as she hops in the shower there's like that little toothpaste uh, toothbrush mm. uh scene where he asks for a toothbrush she he opens it she has a bunch of them more than i would say your average household and he asks her if she's taking care of herself so what did you think of that when you saw that taylor i mean i've read like enough i feel like about eating disorders that i think that's a sign of like having bulimia just mm-hmm. because it's like you like the bile like yeah. I don't want to get all scientific, but it's just a sign of kind of having an eating disorder. And so I think that's kind of just hammering that home a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think he knows her so well that he knows kind of all her secrets and telltale signs. And I think that's part of what gets under her skin, but also part of why she, like, can't let him go in a way. Um, and I just want to say I really appreciate the fact that, like, the eating disorder is not just, like, one-off jokes in the show. Like, you actually mm. delve into it and, like, discuss it and handle it in a realistic way, which I feel like a lot of shows just don't do. So mm-hmm. I just want to give you a lot of credit for that oh, as well. Thank you. It was Yeah, it was really important to me to have her character have this issue because I feel like with anorexia and bulimia, we write it off a lot as, like, a teenager problem. Mm. Like, oh, you know, these girls that are 14, 15 have it, and then they get over it, when in reality, it's it's like any other, it, it's an addiction in a way, and it's like, if you're an alcoholic, you always have that thing that pulls you back to it, um, and you can be recovered from bulimia your whole life and still have those urges, and I, I just know so many women who are, you know, older, who have families, who have amazing careers, and still fall back into that that habit, and so I wanted to have this woman who hasn't outgrown it and has lived her whole life with it um, because I feel like there's so many women that feel ashamed to admit that they have it because they're like, oh, that's something I should have gotten over in high school when in reality it's something that can stay with you for your whole life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was very interesting because with comparing that first scene and then later on in the episode, the scene where her and Bella kind of have that cute moment where they're exchanging their secrets, uh, although Bella still has lots of secrets that she's <laughs> keeping. Um, they talk about the idea of confidence, and mm. she, Vicky says that everyone's faking, no one has it. That made me kind of sad, because she was starting to fool me. I, I maybe thought she had more confidence than since she actually does. Was I the only one? No, I mean, she puts on such a good facade in a way, but that's why I that's why I love seeing her in these vulnerable moment, moments because it's like, it is, that's what it is. It's a complete facade. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of masks and facades are really just big in the show and it's something we talked a lot about, Catherine and I, um, just all these people that are putting on these layers of paint and um, also the idea of, you know, running from yourself. Car- uh, Catherine's character is constantly running from all this stuff in her past and these things that she doesn't want to be 
And no matter how far you get, no matter how much you grow, no matter, you know, how great your career is, you still have those things from when you were, like, bullied at 12, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So, yeah, I think, I don't know. For me, I think confidence is something that you fake it until you make it kind of like you know like for me I like I'll I, I kind of do that like I'll pretend to be confident when really I'm like oh my god yeah what have I said what have I done um and I I imagine everyone's like that but maybe there are more genuinely confident people in the world I, just, I think you fake till you make it yeah yeah, uh, yeah same I think that fake it till you make it but the way that she was delivering that was just a little off-putting to me because I was like oh Wow, it you it kind of reinforces the idea that she is a lot more unhappy than we kind of uh, she's trying to let people know that she is, mm. uh, which I thought was just such a really interesting scene. I really enjoyed that scene. Uh, another scene that I've been enjoying also is just Bella with her boyfriends. Um, Taylor and I we were talking about this last episode how. She's just kind of, you know, she's having a good time. I'm happy that she's happy, but she's on shaky grounds and she's lying. And I'm, am, am I wrong to be nervous about this? No. no. <laughs> you should be nervous about it. Yeah. yeah. I think it does amp the tension because I misspoke last week and I thought she was at a different college. I thought she was college age. But the fact that she is in high school, yeah, that that makes the stakes so much higher, I feel like. Because, like... She's lying about her age. She's a minor. He's obviously not a minor. Like, that has repercussions. Yeah, yeah. and it's not fair to the guy. No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because he's so sweet. I really enjoyed him, and, like, I think he doesn't deserve this. He generally seems to care about her. I really loved how he was just standing up, you know, to her, for her, and was telling her, like, no, don't talk about yourself that way, and... I view you in a certain matter, and you should too, because you're awesome. And yes. I don't. We all deserve a guy like that. Come on, that exactly. was, that was do. Yeah, I they're having a great time at a Noodle Express. I'm like, yes, you don't need anything crazy. All you need is the Noodle Express. Oh that was my god, such a funny touch. I love that. I love yeah. that. So good. Um, I really love that, and I kind of again like I like this idea that that. In this harsh world of these characters, you have this male character that's that's in her corner and doesn't necessarily. You know, not everyone is bad, and she kind of, I feel like, has made that up in her head because she's been surrounded by that. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully having this result, but I don't know how because we can't really change time. So I don't know. I'm conflicted on this storyline, but I really enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Then after this happening, again, I want to go back to Sam and her whole experience. They're trying to figure out whether or not, you know, she has any kind of sickness that they can just put out there to help her cause I mean, those scenes were hilarious, man. The way it was just the idea of being sick was the goal versus being healthy is bad. And they're so disappointed by that. I, as funny as it was, I couldn't really relate to it. But maybe I guess when you're a kid and you're trying to stay home from school, did that remind you of that at all, Taylor? A like, little bit. And the fact, like, just the lines, I agree, were so funny. Like, you don't know what that water treatment facility could have missed. I'm like, they're just hating on you know, Claremont so hardcore. Uh, actually, Victoria... Who, who's in the room right now? Hi, Victoria. She put that. She she was our writer's assistant in the room, and she pitched that line. I was like, "That's going." It's in. so good. It's it was one of my funny. favorites of this whole I, episode. I love it. Um, it's so funny though because when I was interviewing these pageant girls, they uh, one of them told me about how girls will use, you know, certain like this is my thing. This mm-hmm. is my. Ho-. It's kind of like on The Bachelor. <laughs> When, like, you hear the sad music happen, and it's like, okay, now we're going to get her, like, sad story. Um, And people, and she had a really, she actually had a really tragic thing happen to her, and 
then she was competing in pageants and people were trying to get her to like use it. Mm. And she was like, I really feel uncomfortable with that. I don't want to use it. Uh, I don't want to use this story. And so I just thought it was kind of darkly funny to poke little jokes at that whole thing. I love that. And the stuff that she's pitching chicken pox, like sockets (laughs) from your wisdom teeth. I'm like, use it, use whatever you say. Samantha's just so naive. And she doesn't know. She thinks that Vicky's trying to test her for her own well-being. Yeah, sure. she just wants to make sure I'm healthy. <laughs> She's concerned. Um, can you, I love that it's such a collaborative uh, environment. Uh, you were able to hop in on that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how things happen in the writer's room? What kind of process is, is it? Uh, does it vary from episode to episode? Like, how, how do you guys work together? Yeah, so I, when I was in the process of pitching and selling the show, I had written out um, the first to like kind of the outlines of the first two seasons. Um, so I knew the big kind of things that were going to happen. I knew where season one began and ended. Um, and I knew like the little milestones along the way. But then I in- we interviewed a bunch of people and we had three writers and two assistants in the room. And we would, so we spent the, fr- we went really quickly actually. It was such a, it was one of those rare moments where everyone is just kind of like on fire together and loving it and we got through the first season in like two weeks I think at the outline it was crazy um and so we just did all the you know we kind of outlined each episode um and then I assigned episodes to different writers based on just who I thought would be good for different things and then what usually happens is you know they they do a draft we all give notes to them they do a second draft and then I go in and do a rewrite just so it's all you know, the same kind of voice and cohesive because you want it to all feel like it's the same same tone and same voice. Um, but it was – our writers were so great. They were – I mean, we're all really good friends now. I, I love them all, so. Oh, yeah. That's it great was very, hear. very fun. Writer Writers' rooms can be toxic places. Mm-hmm. If, if, if people don't get along, they can be really rough. And this was just such a delight to go to work every day. So that's fun. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. I always love asking those questions because, you know, you have when you have a show that's this great, it, you must obviously have great people behind it. And just hearing that process of you guys all in a room and kind of pitching in different ideas is is really, really neat. Um, we also had an enemy room sharing the wall with us. And I feel like to be productive, it helps to have like a common enemy. And this other writer's room, I won't name the name of the show, they were bullying us. And every time we would laugh or be loud, they would call the office and complain. So then I'd get a call on the phone and they'd be like, can you be quiet? And I was like, they're louder than we are. We were going to like slip notes under the door, but I've never heard of that. Like an enemy room, but that's so funny. Yeah, I won't name the show, but they know who they are. So. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> so were they? You're like you're Brittany in a way. They're like uh, the different. Yeah, they're they're from Texas. Texas. Yeah, was Texas next door. Yeah. Oh, totally. Their damn toast story lines and all, all like that. Singing baton splits, whatever. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> damn. Uh, and one character we haven't gotten to, which I really. I'm, I'm enjoying these storylines, although though they're a little sad, uh, is Nigel and his, mm. um, his, I mean, boyfriend, I guess we can call him that, but, you know, it just, with this scene, we have him, uh, this sweet moment where he asks him, like, hey, can we go out to dinner? And, and Nigel's just, like, putting his foot down. He's like, I'm not driving two hours out. That made me think that he wasn't necessarily too much into it, but I could be wrong. Like, why do you think he refused to go out to dinner with him, drive that far away? I don't know. I feel like he's just finally starting to realize that things 
probably aren't going to change, and he's, like, getting sick of it. Like, it's an ultimatum in a way, like, either you do something about this, you, you know, spend actual time with me and stop lying to your family, or we're done. But then at, at the same time, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but at the bar, like, he he's not willing to let go yet either, so he's kind of in this really hard middle place, and I just feel for him so much yeah he seems very in between it's like okay you don't you you, you're saying you understand the situation that this relationship is what it is because it's a married man was who's not willing to leave his wife or anything but then again you're somewhat committed to him like as you're saying taylor where you have this really nice guy who's charming and witty that you meet at a bar that you you don't want to pursue anything with because you feel guilty so i don't I don't know where to stand. I don't. Uh, you got me, Megan. I don't know how I feel about this. I know I enjoy it, but I'm very conflicted. I feel like we've all, or I feel like everyone I know has been in the position where you really wish that someone was giving you 100% of themselves and you know that they have limitations, like whether or not just because they're not as into you or because they have another person or something, you know, something. Um, and I think it's very easy to be like, I'm cool with it, it's fine. And then you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> dying inside. Um, and I think Nigel, you know, probably fell into it thinking this was, it's going to be fine. And then, you know, you start to have real feelings and you don't want to be like a side piece anymore. Um, but yeah, I love the scenes between them. I thought they did such a great job. I really did too. And he's just so great. Tegel, who plays Nigel, is so great. And I feel like that character is kind of the the heart mm-hmm. of the show in some ways. And he kind of acts as Vicky's conscience. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He yeah. does. the glue that sort of holds the whole team together. Because re- Mary's not doing that quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. she. Although we did have like a scene of her where she... She kind of tells Sam, like, no, eat your food, keep your chin up. It's kind of how I how I saw it. Do you think that there's a, as we say, a heel turn? She's kind of become a little softer on the edges or not not quite yet? Maybe a little. Like, she's showing little moments. I love how that's, like, the, like such a bare minimum thing. We're, like, handing her a fork. And it's like, yeah, it's, like, one nice thing that you did. But I, I love that because it does show a lot of, like, change. From what we've seen for her character. See, I saw that as, like, punishment. She's, like, forcing her to eat her protein. She's like, you're going to eat this protein and get your booty up. Like, she's forcing her. And Samantha's like, I don't want to eat any more chicken. (laughs) Like, boiled eggs, you know. (laughs) Always the same dry, bland dinner. That must be, that must get to you for sure. Ugh. She looks great, though. Did, did she have to do any kind of, like, a pageant training part, I mean, for this show? Samantha or... Mm-hmm. Samantha. They, we put all the girls in some kind of pageant training. Um, yeah, we had an amazing pageant coach in Atlanta where we filmed. And uh, she taught them how to walk and all the different poses. And they were like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. Um, in terms of the actual diet stuff, it was funny because in the initial script... There was a lot of, like, oh, make sure that, like, Samantha's, like, no carbs. And then, you know, we cast Belle, who's the tiniest little thing in the world. So we were, like, we have to change. We can't have them, like, fat shaming this tiny girl. Like, that was, it's horrible. And so it was a lot of, like, protein, protein, protein shakes, you know, um, because she's just so little. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes people don't really, and I'm maybe guilty of this myself, don't think of, don't know how much actually goes into these pageants, and it takes a lot. It's a lot of hours. What were some of the misconceptions that you kind of through research with this show re- realized that weren't necessarily true or surprised you? Well, I do think a lot of the kind of cliche ideas are 
are real. Like, they do happen. The kind of torturous... um, There's a lot of body shaming that Mm -hmm. happens, which is really sad and just depressing. Um, And, you know, these girls are put on diets. They have... At least the girls I've spoken to had refrigerators that were, like, stocked for them. And, you know, so all that stuff is not great. But I think what some people would be surprised about is the reasons for girls joining these pageants. You know, for so many girls, it's their way out of, you know, poverty or the way to get an education, the way out of their tiny town. And in that aspect, it's it can be a really positive thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Samantha falls under that category, exactly, right? Yeah. We get to see more, even in this episode, she's, she with her check, she bought some more groceries and she's helping out her mm-hmm. father who who yeah seems to still have like a lot of resentment towards their mom uh which really broke my heart I, I really thought that was a little sad but um I don't know how to feel about her friend who was in the kitchen with them um we talked about Taylor and I talked about this last week because I just didn't know if she's fully supporting her or if she's a little tight bit jealous because I feel like she tried to instigate a fight with her and with Samantha and her dad am I wrong interesting or- or no, I don't know. I just read her as so like genuine for some reason. Maybe okay. I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt. But I feel like she is just, she just doesn't quite understand the world. And I think that in much the same way that Sam didn't understand the world before she really stepped into it either. Like she just hasn't learned everything, and she's trying to be there for her kind of as best she can. But it's maybe not what she necessarily needs at the moment. But I don't know. I feel like she's she's a real one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like there's always that thing of the people that are from wherever you came from. If you're trying to push past that, there's going to be some skepticism and there's going to be some doubt, even if people wish the best for you and believe in you and support you. Um, I think her friend is trying to say the right thing, but saying it's okay if you fail is not actually what Samantha wants to hear. Right. But she's, I, I think she's trying to you know, do the right thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I agree that, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm with you on that. She's she's trying, but she's just not there yet, but maybe she will be, and, and you know, it's not by l- lack of trying. Um, a last storyline I really want to get to, because I feel like she's not really trying is Vicky, and she's not trying to have all these boyfriends, but yet she does. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I think Taylor and I are divided, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. Do you have a favorite out of the two men that she's currently seeing? I mean, I want her to be with Andy because he's so sweet. I think he's like better for her, but I don't I don't know if they're like soulmates at the same time. Like I'm worried that she and Robert are like meant to be in a way. I feel like Rob is the guy that, you know, every girl should be with, but somehow we all kind of decide to be with the guy we shouldn't be with and Robert's that. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh yeah, you, you so cuz it's just like he's so nice and he has a daughter and he wants her to come over and like make this more serious. And, and she kind of knows that Robert's a bad decision, but she wants to go towards him. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm I feel so like I said that torn. a lot. <laughs> I, well, you know, I, ha- I, I love both characters. Obviously my fiance plays Andy, so mm-hmm. I, I love him a lot, <laughs> but in terms of the characters, um, I think we all have that person that, has seen the worst in us. Mm-hmm. And it's very, I don't know, if you have insecurities and you have stuff that you're trying to run from in your past, the person who looks at you and tells you, 
you're great, you're amazing, you're kind of like, you don't know what you're talking about, you're an idiot. And I think Andy just sees the best in her. And so she writes him off as just blind, you know? And then Robert is the person who makes her feel as low as she feels at times, and she's like, that's that's the truth. You know, I need him to love me. We always want the people who are incapable of love to love us because it feels like a win right um, very yeah. true rejection breeds obsession and that's what yes. we we go towards um you mentioned your fiance can i ask how is it uh working with him on set oh or- it was so fun it okay. was great um i was so excited that he was able to do it because he's on uh, a show called lucifer mm-hmm. and we didn't think he would have time off and it ended up working perfectly um his first scene, though, that he had to film was the sex scene with Catherine. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and he, he's very British. It's very cute. He's very proper and, and funny about some things. And so he was like, baby, you just, you can't be there for that day. Oh. And I was like, fine, I get to sleep in. Great. Like, I've been getting up at 5 a.m. for months. Um, so... I, I wasn't there for that day, cause he. but then I was like, you know I'm going to edit that scene in the edit room, and I'm going to see it all. But um, it was great. He's, like, the nicest guy, and it was, it was really fun to go to work and have him there, you know. It's kind of a dream. But, uh, yeah. I had to, like, give notes to Alethea for him, our director, and then afterwards we'd go home and he'd be like, I know that that note was from you. Like, I know that that was yours. No, um, well. And I was like, no, it was Alethea. But... <laughs> That's awesome. It was really fun. Yeah. That's so cool. That's a fun story. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Victoria Daniel, who uh, is hopping in our live chat saying that she's watching here from the Philippines. Oh my God. Wow. That's that amazing. so cool. Yeah. That's why I love Facebook Watch because you just, it, this, there's a whole community, people all over the world get to log on. Can you speak a little bit about, more about like this platform? How is it different than maybe other things that you've worked for in the past? The immediate conversation is crazy and like you see the comments right away and it really is this community-based thing and you know these I've been really moved by some of the comments we've gotten about you know so many girls reaching out about eating disorders or about confidence um or just like I thought this was really funny you know and the ability to just be able to respond really quickly and engage in those um debates and conversations has just been really special um yeah, it's been it's it's a blast, and I love that it's like everywhere. It's yeah. crazy. How, how did you? Oh, sorry. Oh no. I just want to know how you got like sort of involved with Facebook Watch since it is such sort of a new platform. Like, did you pitch it there first? Did they kind of approach you about it? So Bruna Papandrea, who is like my spirit animal mentor, <laughs> life guide. Um, she's an amazing Australian producer. She did Big Little Lies oh, and wow. um, Gone Girl. She's amazing. I'm very lucky to be working with her. Um, so we had developed this together, and she and one of our other producers, Paul Lee, met with Mina from Facebook, and she had pitched the show to her kind of loosely. She's like, oh, I have this script about this, and Mina was like, I, I love it, I want to do it. And so by the time we met with them, they were pretty committed to doing a full season, and you know, having someone green light a full season as opposed to a pilot Mm -hmm. is such a blessing and so it was you know it was scary because it's a new platform but they after meeting with them and talking to them it put a lot of questions to rest just because they were really committed to doing something character driven and edgy and weird and 
letting the creators kind of have creative control, yeah. which is, you know, you don't always get. Yeah. So it That's was, awesome. yeah. That's super, super neat. It's very cool. Uh, before we head into uh, more of our show, I do want to let the audience know a little bit about our YouTube and just AfterBuzz in general. Taylor, can you want to do that as well? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so we are obviously streaming on Facebook right now because it's a Facebook Watch show, but a lot of our um, content is actually on YouTube, and we have channels for nearly like all of your favorite shows. We have like a sci-fi channel, a reality channel. If you love this show, you probably like our comedy channel, but also probably the drama channel because it's such a good dramedy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> go head over to YouTube and follow those channels, and don't be worried if you don't like notifications because you can definitely turn them off. It's super, super easy. So hit a subscribe button for that, and you'll get content that's sort of tailor-made for you, and you'll see me and Juliet on all these different platforms. And we're also on iTunes and Spotify, so if you like listening to podcasts more than you like you know watching the shows you can definitely do that too yeah no excuse you can watch us everywhere everywhere (laughs) uh well i mean i have to say episode six was really a big i mean they all have been winners but i really enjoy this one i feel like we're really getting into the meat of everything with these different storylines different characters uh is there anything else you would like to talk about taylor in terms of episode six before we head into our other segments I think that we about covered it for okay. the actual plot, but I mean, I have a lot of predictions, so okay. get ready for those. <laughs> so we'll get to that at the end. Uh, prediction segment is when we talk about just what we're hoping to see, what we think we might see. I know you can't really speak much of that without any spoilers, so you can just stare at us and just judge. Yeah, <laughs> silently judge. <laughs> but before we get into that segment, uh, Taylor has some news and gossip prepared for us. Yes. TV News. So my news this week is sort of tailored towards like Facebook Watch, just because I think it's such an exciting platform. Um, so they actually just acquired Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it's now streaming on Facebook Watch, which is Ooh. awesome. And I really like the fact that Facebook Watch has like barely any commercials, because that's one thing I don't like about some other streaming <laughs> platforms is the constant commercials. So that's really awesome. I've never seen it before, so I might just have to... Started it now that it's so convenient. I've never seen it either, Buffy. Maybe we should just have this watch party yeah, together. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Everyone loves it. I know, right? We should we should do this. And then also, they Facebook Watch is starting to create more and more content. I think they have three fictional shows right now, and then a lot of reality shows. Um, but they um, are having another project they just greenlit that has Stanley Tucci, Marley Matlin, and Jessica Biel all attached. It is called Limetown, and it's based on a podcast. Um, Jessica Biel will play Leah Haddock, a journalist who unravels the mystery behind the disappearance of over 300 people at a neuroscience research facility in Tennessee. So I'm really excited about that one, too. Sounds great. Yeah. So that's going to be some really cool stuff to find on Facebook. Watch, you guys. I'll be definitely tuning in. Uh, And is that it? Can we head into my favorite segment? We sure can. Okay. (laughs) My favorite segment, for those of you first time watching, is called Trivia with Taylor. (laughs) This is the time where Taylor kind of just, we play games, and she has some questions prepared for us, and we get to guess them and hopefully just win. (laughs) Yes. So what do you got for us? Love the the music. All right. (laughs) So this week's kind of theme is celebrities that sort of have pageant queen backgrounds. Ooh. All right. So Gal Gadot was crowned Miss What in 2000? 2004. Miss Egypt, Miss Israel, or Miss Iraq? Am I allowed to answer? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Miss Israel. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Killing it. All right, question number two. <laughs> Which Indian actress was named Miss World in 2000? Priyanka Chopra, Mindy Kaling, or Archie Punjabi? 
we didn't have Vicky as the tap dancer initially. And then mm. when I spoke to Catherine the first time about the character, she was like, you know, I was the national tap champion Aww. as a teenager. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're putting that in the show. <laughs> and she choreographed the whole dance. And Whoa. my agents were visiting, and they were there for that day. And it was so funny because I was like, you guys are so spoiled and so lucky. You get to see Catherine tap. Like, this wow. doesn't happen every day here. No, it was, um, that was a very good day. Um, the pageant scenes were really fun. We, oh my God, we glossed the floor so that it looked good. And then these poor girls start walking across the stage in these ridiculous heels and they're all just sliding. And we're like, we're going to, it's, it actually was probably like almost a legal issue. (laughs) Everyone was fine. No one got hurt. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, my lawyer's going to call me and be like, why did you say that? Um, no, everyone was fine. But we were like, we got to like ungloss the floor and people were just gliding across the stage that was funny and scary yeah so so funny and then i just wanted to ask as an aspiring writer myself do you have any advice for people who are kind of looking to get into like television writing or just any kind of general advice in that sort of realm yeah i think that a lot of writers don't actually spend a lot of time writing yeah and it sounds so simple but that's the biggest you just have to like produce the content you just have to even if you don't know what's gonna come of it you know my first scripts that i wrote i was like no one i was babysitting and I was like, no one's ever going to read this, and I just forced myself to finish it. And it's really hard to do that when you don't see the end in sight, Mm -hmm. but um, you just got to do it. You have to have something to, like, when you do then have that meeting or someone says, oh, you're a writer, what do you have? You have to have something to show them. So that's my biggest thing. And then also learn to take criticism Mm -hmm. and learn – I learned very early on just from having some pretty tough bosses to, like, get your ego out of it Mm. and hear the criticism, let it hurt for a second, and then be like, oh, what's actually right for the story? Like, take my own ego out of it and uh, do – and sometimes the note isn't right, but sometimes, like, oh, actually, that sucks, but they're right. Mm. Like, this – you know, just because your original idea is different um, doesn't mean that that's better, so. Yeah. Yeah. Those would be. Those are great. Those yes, are probably really a bit advice. convoluted. I don't know. No, no, no that, that was, was great. Great, great advice. Um, we're running super short on time, unfortunately, but I do want to ask you like one last question. Do you have any advice for just anyone you know as a creator stepping into the, you, you, just this leadership role? Uh, how can we like gain the confidence to do things like that? Because I think we need to see more and more women spe- stepping in roles that you've been able to step into. Oh my goodness. I mean, I think surrounding yourself with good people that you trust is really important. You're just a better version of yourself. You're a better writer, creator, anything, if you trust the people around you. Um, I've been really lucky with that with Bruna. Um, You know, she really lifts me up and all the other people that are on this show. Um, I think finding your people um, and the people who are naysayers and kind of do the little digs and the little undermining comments. You just have to let them go. Um, yeah, so I think that would be just get rid of toxic people would be my yeah. advice. But that's like for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for so everything all around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. 
That's some great advice. Yes. And that's a great note to end on, I think. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in this year. This oh, meant a lot to us. We enjoy this show so much, me. and we really enjoy you as well. So thank you again. Uh, and, yeah, we will be back next week. But in the meantime, if you guys want to follow us, um, we'll be hopping into the Facebook Watch, like the community page, the Queen America uh, page. So make sure to go check that out. You also can follow me on social media if you like to, at Bonjour Juliet on Instagram. What about you, Taylor? Where do they keep up? With yeah, you. you guys can find me on Twitter at alphabet underscore and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. And then Megan, if anybody wants to follow you some more, where can they do that? Oh, my Twitter is Moppy Ops, and my Instagram is Moppy Oppenheimer. Ooh, great nickname, Moppy. So cute. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, and guys, thank you so much for commenting, hopping into the chat, and we will see you next week for another episode. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs>